0: Just just in case I say something funny I've started recording now.
1: Hello and welcome to Judgecast. This is episode 290. I'm one of your hosts Brian Perlman, and I am joined this evening afternoon morning drive to work by the one and only Charles Feather. Hello, hello. Hello. And we are down a sama Again, for this episode and dear listeners, uh, we are not going to have Samma for as a regular host for future episodes as well.
0: Life is difficult sometimes.
1: Yeah. So it turns out when um, when Samma took this gig a little over a year ago, uh, she had not been hired by Judge Academy. She was working at Cool Stuff Games in Tampa and she was going to grad. She'd started going to grad school. And it turns out that grad school gets more complicated the further into it you get, and apparently judge academy also gets more complicated the further into it you get.
0: I see a correlation there. Is there a causation?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you know that shark attacks go up as ice cream sales increase?
0: <laughs> yes, I do because I okay. went and looked at that the other day. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
1: Right. So so but- Samma. Who's also married and also has a dog and likes spending time with them for some reason. I don't know why anyone would do that. Something had to give. And we wish her the best. Many of you who are up at uh, GP uh, GP Philly. Magicon Philly. Uh, she will be up there. Stop by, say hey. Okay, I'll do that. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And um, also... Well, the I mean, OK, between us, the real reason she she left is because she hates all you listeners, every single one. Of you. Yes, you,
0: Mark. I, I still can't believe you, you know. can say that with a straight face. What? She loves you all. Oh, <laughs> she,
1: absol- she absolutely she uh, absolutely does not. And she can't refute me because she doesn't she's not on the show. Uh, so
0: Sam, Sam, I'll, I'll work this out with Brian later. But but we all know the truth.
1: <laughs> no, she does not hate you. Loathes anyway.
0: <laughs> so, so, so without without Samma here to keep us on a on a straight and narrow path, what are we going to do tonight, Brian?
1: For the first thing, I need to. Well, we're going to do a few things. Uh, the first thing is I'm going to apologize for rules boo boo made last episode. Then we're going to talk about just a few rules updates. Making sure that those are those are clear because we got the updated comprehensive rules, and then we're gonna take a, a tour of some Reddit threads that we thought had had a little nugget of interest. Uh, it is a it's a source of information, valid. I, I, possibly. I just want
0: all the listeners to know right now this was all all Brian's idea. No, seriously, it was his idea, but I think it's a good idea, right? Reddit has Reddit has some interesting things that happen there that don't always get, you know, the the light of day shown upon it. So so maybe maybe we should do that today.
1: The the idea actually came came to me because we got an email from a listener, George uh, Sammons, uh who was who's saying like, hey, I saw uh, here's this Reddit thread. I want to ask some questions, uh, uh, some questions about it as I am a, a store owner. Is this legit or not? And so it has been a long time since we had read a listener email and it was a Reddit thread and it was just, OK, well, we'll just do some other stuff on Reddit, maybe rules related, some some grumbly fussiness. And we're not necessarily going to be going super deep, but more or less like if you run into this situation as a judge, what do you do?
0: Right. So, all that right. Seems like a good idea.
1: Yeah. So, first the boo boo. Last episode, I <laughs> you I described the rules for proliferate using pre-war of the spark rules. As one of the unfortunate realities of being being super old is things have gone through a lot of changes, and sometimes you don't remember all of them. But what I said was when you proliferate uh, and a permanent has multiple counters on it and you choose to proliferate that permanent, you pick one of the counters, and you add another one of that type.
0: Oh, wait, in you said rea- that? Yes,
1: I did. You didn't wow. catch me, so that's on you.
0: Wow, that's on me. Listeners, yeah. it's my fault, not Brian's yeah. fault.
1: it's absolutely your fault that I said something wrong. Uh, in reality, it is you get an additional counter of each type. You do no longer have to pick one, and that is that is new as of 2018? Uh, eighteen four
0: years ago oops yes anything that happened before the pandemic isn't real anyway so
1: anywho that's my mea culpa or actually it's a a charles culpa because he didn't catch my mistake
0: yeah it's definitely my fault yeah yeah absolutely no it's completely mine
1: that's what we got all right so what what else what's what what changed from we got comprehensive rules updates
0: we did um and you also have a, a note here regarding uh differences between the last cr and the new one um uh, there's a nice resource out there called AcademyRuins.com, and that's r-u-i-n r-u-i-n-s not r-u-n-e-s yes um you can find differences between the last uh comprehensive rules update and the new one um it may also list some changes between mtr and ipg versions as well yeah. Um, so you can check that out, but, uh, the, the, new changes are, 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 um, things that we went over last week, mostly, um, but we're going to get into them here. Um, we have for which is, uh, enter the battlefield ability that creates a two, two red rebel creature token, uh, then attaches equipment to it. All of these cards have an additional effect as well as an equip cost. So they function like any other equipment card in the game for the most part. Uh, Just think of them as living weapon only for Rebels. We've got Toxic. That's a static ability, right? Uh Um, The important... There's really an important thing about this, but we'll get into that. It's when players are dealt combat damage by creatures with Toxic, they're given poison counters in addition to damage, and that happens at the same time. So Toxic stacks and happens simultaneously. So, for example, if you have three creatures that have Toxic attacking... And they're doing damage to the player. All three instances of toxic happen at the same time and as a collective effect. So if uh, one of the card has toxic one, one has toxic two, one has toxic four, you're just issuing seven poison counters at one time, not one, then four, then two, or some other order. Whatever you think is you know cool or neat. What, what, what the fad is today for ordering numbers, I, I don't know.
1: And that combines. So the the, the actual rule that handles toxic. What is it? it's in the 1203 dot three G okay that's in the section of rules that talk about damage may have one or more of the following results okay and it's in the same it's it's in a separate rule but you get your poison counters with toxic as the same time as you would get poison counters from infect it's all considered one action right so the the big thing is with something like vorenklex, Okay, that says um, if an opponent would get one or more counters or if an opponent would put uh, one or more counters on a permanent or player instead, that opponent is not going to put in like half of one, half of two and half of four for a total of three. It would be one, two, four, that's seven and then half of that rounded down, um, which I guess also gets you three not a great example but the point <laughs> is the point is all all poison counters are being added as a single event so you yes. sum all it up from from toxic you sum it all up from from infect and you stick it on there so it is not considered separate events now this is different from life link okay there is a special rule in there that says uh sources of life link are considered separate life gain events. There is no such rule for poison counters okay, so just like all the damage is one event you're you're taking you know you're not taking three and four and five damage from various creatures you're taking was that three three four you're taking twelve damage boom twelve damage you're getting seven poison counters blam all at once that's the important thing that we want to call out
0: right okay. Uh, We have a a new ruling on on auras. It's under 303.4G, and it deals with what happens to an aura if it's trying to enter a battlefield from another zone and in the cases of no valid targets. Um, Previously, this led to some awkwardness, especially if you were dealing with tokens. So if the aura isn't allowed to attach to a permanent, it'll just end up back where it started, or if it was on the stack, it'd go to the graveyard. Uh, However, with tokens that were auras that was a little weird right uh so yeah, now on the, a, clar-
1: clarification, it, a clarification go, ruling, right? the aura doesn't go the aura doesn't go back to its current zone it never leaves its current zone
0: yeah it, if in the case of a token it's simply not created no, no i'm, I'm saying
1: rules. i'm saying like a normal a normal or like oh, if oh. a normal aura is in the graveyard right. and you're trying to put it onto the to the battlefield and it can't it right. doesn't start to go to the battlefield and then go back in the graveyard it just straight up it never leaves the there. graveyard
0: right right yes. right uh, and in the case of a token aura uh, if it has no legal targets it's just simply not created it just yeah. doesn't exist the game never sees it it's not there
1: the next one is acute
0: yeah i'm gonna let you do this one because i didn't understand they had a, a card that they were referencing with it and i i don't get why they were using it
1: uh what is this card Tangleweave armor yeah so here's the thing so tangle weave armor says equipped creature gets plus x plus x where x is the greatest mana value among your commanders okay oh, what's okay. gotta happen i get
0: it now I, now I, yeah all
1: right the the rule that they they made change uh 90903 says if an effect refers to a characteristic of your commander it can find the appropriate player's commanders and see its characteristics and as modified by continuous effects and other rules in all zones, including that player's library in hand, so before that rule, you couldn't you, if the commander got tucked or got return, or bounced to someone's hand, uh, all of a sudden Tangleweave armor couldn't see what it's man- what the commander's mana value was, right? So yeah. this rule just kind of gives the game the ability to see that commander even if it gets stuck in the library.
0: You know, the, the design behind the rules is not to make things confusing or difficult. The design behind the rules is to make the game function the way that you think it should function. And, and this, is, this is one of those effective changes that do that. Yep. We want cards to do what they say. All yep. right. Um, the last one we have is a change to Rule 315, or the addition of Rule 315. Uh, it's a new rule that references the battle's subtype. These aren't the battles that you're looking for. Move along, Stormtrooper. Move along. There's really nothing about the rule right now. It just references it. Uh, We'll get an update probably with the next set. We'll see uh, when battles come out.
1: Yep. All right. It's just a
0: placeholder. So now on to Reddit stuff. So before we start, though, we just want to say outright, we're going to cite and link the stories. Uh, We're not trying to become the subject of any Reddit story ourselves, uh, nor are we trying to poke fun or give anyone a hard time. Okay. Um, rather we're looking at these stories through the lens of rules and policy to help both judges and players better understand the game. Um, whether it's the, the rules of the game or whether it's how an event should run. Um, we've got these, these, uh, qualifications that we want you to understand. We're not out here to victimize anybody. Um, so the first one,
1: I am not certain I can promise not to make fun.
0: Well, yeah, I know. I mean, okay. it is Brian. But but it I'll is. try and be the... Uh, I'll, I'll be good cop, you be bad cop.
1: Okay, you'll be the adult in the room. Yeah. All right, right. that Fair. works for me. Fair.
0: <laughs> so uh, the first topic, and we've got, we've got, I think, five or six of these maybe? hmm um, Yeah. The, the first one tonight is called... Uh, we're calling it Hold Priority. And it's a post by Reddit user Zilcan. And it the post reads... And it's better just to read the whole thing so that you understand what's being said here in my LGS, there's a person who will, for example, cast a creature. Someone will then go to cast an instant to destroy it, and he will then say, I am holding priority. You can't cast while I'm holding priority. And then do a whole bunch of stuff, constantly saying, I'm holding priority. Okay, while I'm holding priority, I move to combat phase. The reader called this out, but they're not a seasoned expert. And while the priority guy plays in local competitions and things like that, so the rest of the table agreed that with his way of playing priority. So my question is, as someone who isn't an expert, um, how does priority work? Surely it can't be a case of stopping everyone, countering or destroying all your stuff. And that's the that's the post. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I, and, and I'm glad I got to start this one off because I ran into something not exactly like this, but so similar, it's unreal. I think that there are players out there um, that... And, and my experience of this, leads me to believe that this is this Reddit user is posting this, and it's one hundred percent what they went through. Yeah, I think there are some people out there that just don't get priority.
1: Wait, there's people out there that oh, don't, don't don't get, get priority. Get the topic understand. of priority. As yeah. I was like, wait a minute, everybody yeah. gets priority.
0: Yeah. So what? if you if you read the rules about priority, if you read them in a vacuum all by yourself, it sounds like this magical mystical thing that allows you to control the entire pace of play at all times. It, it reads like that. But that's what the rules have to say. They have to say certain things about how priority works. If you take it into the real environment and you play with it, um, you're actually at a, a, at a table and you're playing with you know, one or two or, or more opponents, um, it doesn't work. It, it works like it reads, but it works more um, organically than it reads. So priority, just for a reminder, and and this is probably the most relevant rule for all of it, One seventeen point three d if a player has priority and chooses not to take any actions, that player passes. If any mana is in the player's mana pool, they announce what mana is there, then the next player in turn order receives priority. That's really the relevant part that the person who's playing at this LGS probably needs to read and needs to have explained to them a little bit. They don't well, get to just retain priority indefinitely until until the end of the, the step stepper phase that they're in and then just jump to the next phase.
1: Right, how how's ever here's actually the way I interpreted this cuz I I had a slightly different interpretation. Okay. Yeah. I read it I read it as the person not necessarily being ignorant of the rules, but more thinking that they found a loophole. Okay, so so almost maybe possibly like deliberately misunderstanding priority in order to get an advantage because you absolutely do have priority. Like after you cast a spell, if you are active player and you cast a spell and that spell resolves, you absolutely have priority. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, However, what you can't really do is just kind of sit there and not do anything. and then if the opponent starts to try and do something, um, or you give some sort of indication that the game has advanced. So I guess I guess this is this is the way it works. If you cast a spell on the on your turn, yes, you have priority, and you can kind of sit there and think about what you're supposed to be doing. Okay. If the opponent is like, hey, I want to cast it, can I cast an instant, the person can say, No, 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 I've still got priority. Okay. But what they can't do is you can't use the fact that you're holding priority to prevent your opponents from doing anything or to fish out information that they're going to do something. Okay. Right. For example, you 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 want to move to combat and the opponent's like, okay, well, then I'm going to cast this instant to destroy your creature. No, no, no. I'm holding priority. No, well, you indicated that you wanted to move the game forward. The opponent gets an opportunity to do something. Okay. Now, you can do something like, you know, a situation where this is legitimate, I play a planeswalker and my opponent wants to destroy it and they go to cast an instant, I can say, no, 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 hold on. I have priority and I'm going to tick my planeswalker up. Now you can cast your instant in response to that if you want. But I, but you can't prevent them from casting the instant. And the situation, the quote uh, if someone, he plays a cast a creature, then someone goes to cast an instant or destroy it. He will say, I'm holding priority and you can't cast while I'm holding priority. That is a true statement. Okay. Right. Then he will then do a whole bunch of stuff. Well, hold on now, because the second you do the first thing in that whole bunch of stuff, someone's going to get some priority and right. constantly saying I'm holding priority. Okay. While holding priority, I move to combat
0: phase because you priority does eat- alternate back and forth. Yeah, you can't, you can't
1: use holding priority as a, a thing to prevent your opponents from interacting with the game. Now holding priority, there, there is a tournament shortcut, okay, that for FNMs and, and for regular rel and competitive is if you cast a spell, you are assumed to be passing priority to your opponent, unless you explicitly say I'm holding priority. And the goal of that kind of thing is, if say you want to cast two lightning bolts back to back without the opponent being able to respond, uh, uh, do something in between the, uh, the the first the first and the second lightning bolt. Now I'm going to cast lightning bolt, and while holding that, I'm going to cast the second because that's not the way things normally work. Normally, you do one thing, wait for the opponent to respond, then it resolves, and then you go on. That's why the tournament shortcuts there. It's the way it's to reflect how players play the game. Right.
0: And even to allow the, the effect or spell or or whatever's on the stack to resolve, you, you do pass priority as well in that. Yeah. yeah you know, so it, it, there, there's passes that happen enable for the spells to, to resolve. You have so to as pass a judge. Priority, right.
1: What would you tell this particular player who's who says I'm holding priority, you know, I hold priority into the combat phase and they are they're the priority guy.
0: I'd I'd absolutely pull the player aside. Okay. Um, because I don't think I want to have this discussion in depth in front of three other players where somebody's trying to help. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would ask them what their intent of holding priority is. I'd let them tell me what their story is. And then I'd spend a little bit of time and pull up one or two different pieces of the rules and I would explain it back to them. Um, I think in this case, the person is... It, it's it's easy to read it as the person is gaming, trying to game the system. Um, which... We don't want to happen in a game of Magic. I feel like there's
1: to some intentional ignorance,
0: uh, or, or at the at the minimum, right at the minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, so you would just take some time and explain it to the player. If the player is willful about it, that's a different conversation. That's a more, you know, um, yeah. Hey, friend, we're all here to play a game. Conversation, and then go from there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. If it's, if it's willful, it depends on how willful it is, right? If, if they're tremendously willful about it, um, then at that point in time, you also maybe evolve, a a higher level judge or a TO if it's really willful. So hopefully it's not, hopefully it's a matter of a misunderstanding and we can move forward. Sure.
1: Okay. So this next one, so I'm not, I'm not quite sure. Do you want to take this one also?
0: Yeah, I know a little bit about this one. Okay. All right. Um, and I've been following just the general topic over the course of the last year or so, so or okay. a few years. So I'm happy to do it. And and this one's about card quality and differences in general. Uh, it was posted by Reddit user Magic, I guess. Um, the, the post and image that they they uh, put up it shows three different cards. Um, it just shows the artwork top half of each card. And what's on the card is what looks like stippling or patterning on the art. Um, it's in the top half of the cards. It didn't actually result in, in any raised area of the card. Uh, it's just the, the artwork came out a little, a little mangled by the printer in some way, shape, or form. Um, it's not super common for cards to come out with misprints, despite what you would believe if you read uh, different rabbit holes in yeah. the internet.
1: There's there's millions of cards, so even like a point zero zero one percent rate is going to result in several thousand
0: errors. Right, and if you follow the misprint groups and so forth, you would seem to think that the sky is falling because of that. Um, it's not a new problem. It's been around as long as I've opened packs, and I've only been opening packs 11 years, and I know that there were people collecting misprints way before I started playing. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll see things that range from what this player was talking about to uh, words that might be blurred. Or some of the word printing might be like double printed or bold. Um, you'll see weird saturation issues where the color doesn't quite match from card to card. Um, there are other things that are um, intentional, such as the, uh, the new borderless alt art cards in Phyrexia. Uh, those cards, if you line them up next to other cards and you look at the edges of the cards, the alt art cards, the ones that are white and black and borderless to the edge, um, are white on the edge in patterns so you can literally if the if the cards are being shuffled and they're not sleeved you can literally pick out which cards are which Um, i've also seen in this current set uh, issues with card cutting and sizes of cards between different packs Um, i think it's between um, a particular printing style either foil or not foil um, and it may be between different printers um, where the cards themselves if you line them up on, on edge if you stack them up in a pile um, and you feel around the edge, you'll feel that a couple of the cards might be slightly indented um, because the, the dimensions of the card is different. Um, sometimes uh, foil cards or cards from different printers also have a chance to be cuts. Uh, yeah, so disregard that. Um, and we're not even talking about foils, okay? Foils yep. is a whole separate mishigash, okay? It's a, it, Foils are, we know that there's a foil problem. Everybody understands that there's something of a parenting problem with foils that can exist and depending on what product you're talking about depends upon how bad it can be here's what we're here to say this is all normal um players will Uh, talk about card quality right
1: well i'm gonna i'm gonna it it is normal but i disagree that it should be okay like i don't think i don't think we should accept it as nor it is normal we shouldn't accept it as normal
0: Right, but we have to work under the under the the materials that we're given. Right? Yeah, I, I guess. Okay, I, so I, I, can't, at- I can't go and make I can't go and make wizards print everything from one factory. Um, I can't go and make them. No. Um, um, have little elves at the end that that check the card tolerances and thicknesses and make sure that they're one hundred percent perfect for sure. the full run.
1: Now, as a, as a judge, absolutely, I have to. We have to deal with the cards as they exist in the real world. Yes. As a player, as someone who buys the product, I can absolutely at Wizards and 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 express frustration. Yeah. I, with... I don't want
0: to take away from the fact that people are mad about it. Yeah. Because right? um, but... I'm,
1: I'm buying flat cardboard and you're giving me not flat cardboard.
0: Sure. Um, it, but I guess here's the really, really big picture point of view about this. This issue exists. It is it has become standard practice to sleeve a deck, just sleeve your deck. We talk about sleeve playable. It's, it's no longer a punchline. Um, it's the de facto standard. There is going to be micro differences. If you get a, if you get, there are a couple pro players out there and I'm not going to name names, but there are a couple pro players that can hold two cards in each hand. Okay. And they're both in sleeves and they can tell you which one's a foil and which one's not because of the, thickness or the feel of the card even through the sleeve okay um sleeves though help smooth things over and make things better um they reduce they
1: reduce the likelihood of being able to tell yeah um now one other thing that i want to mention not just with foils warping and stuff like that but also because there is an issue with quality and cards can be lightly you know printed lightly or with stippling, you know, some sort of stippling pattern or something like that, that doesn't mean that the cards are fake. Okay. Right. (laughs) Right. That's the big thing. Like you can, you can walk and see a card and be like, that card looks washed out, looks fake. And nah, it came out of a pack that way. So unless you're busting out your jeweler's loop and looking for the red dots in the green dot on the back of the card, you know, just be aware that, you know, maybe your ability to tell fake cards uh, might not be as great as you think with respect to print quality. Yeah, like I've I've been holding there. There have been times that I've been holding cards and I could swear that they were fake, but I opened them out of a pack and I'm feeling I'm like this feels wrong.
0: Well, we went through a, a small period of time there where they changed the 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 preser- preservation or, or some kind of. Uh... Outer layer of the of the cards, and and they were absolutely. You, you'd pick one up and you'd be like, "What the heck is this? This is this is not yeah. right."
1: And uh, the same card printed at different printers will have different look and feel as well. Yes. So yes. So
0: the oversee the oversee printers, they come out sometimes feeling a little glossier. Yeah.
1: I would probably err on the side, like if someone's got a card that's kind of questionable. I'd probably err on the side that it's, it's legit. Okay. Unless I know. And when I say I know, it's like, I'm sure than 95%. Yeah.
0: I'm trying to remember. I think it was a, one of the GP New Jersey's, um, a whole batch of product that was being used for, for ODEs, for on-demand events. Um, As players were opening them, they would, they would, you know, raise their hand and and say, judge. and, And we'd go over and we'd take a look. And, there's some kind of a roller mark on um, I would say out of out of the product like one in every 10 or 15 packs had three or four cards with roller marks on them um, the roller marks you couldn't actually feel through a sleeve at all and you could you couldn't even really feel them on the card if you were handling the card for the most part um, but they were highly apparent you, you couldn't you couldn't get away from them um, and we, we had a little mini meeting and, and took a really good look at some of the cards. And we just said, hey, you know, play on. Please just sleeve them up. That's, mm-hmm. uh, that's uh, the card quality issue. And we're going to see that in various forms. Um, we don't need to go into, you know, the, the 10 other Reddit posts that happened in a week about, about something about a card quality issue. <laughs> um, it's, it's a common, common, common topic. And the best solution right. is to make sure you're sleeving. If you're sleeving for competitive, please... Side note: Don't use light-colored sleeves unless you've tested them before. Um, some white, pink, yellow, orange sleeves are translucent just slightly, um, and if you can see through to the other side, um, it, that's not a good.
1: All right. So the next topic is, or the next Reddit post uh, is: the question is, are MDFC placeholder cards proxies? And so the Reddit thread says this: this was. Called, brought to our attention again by uh, George Sammons, uh, but it was posted by Senrai uh, two weeks ago. It says, I recently had a bizarre experience at an LGS that I was going to for the first time. In my decks, I use those blank placeholder cards you get in packs of sets that contain MDFCs like the newest Zendikar, or Strixhaven, or Time, etc. I have the actual cards with me that, that represent, and I pull them out when I play the placeholder cards, I just don't want to be frequently flipping them around in their sleeves, okay? I've never had any issue with using them before. They're literally official Watsy game pieces, aren't they? But this most recent time was different. I was playing in a relatively casual commander night, small buy-in with small prize pool. Uh, we were all having a good time until I put down one of my MDFC placeholder cards. I moved to grab the real copy of the card that I keep with my tokens, and suddenly another player is calling over a judge. Apparently, this LGS has an absurd zero-tolerance policy regarding proxies, and I was both disqualified from the event I paid for, as well as banned from participating in future events at the store. Has anyone had any experience like this? All right. Wow. So let's, let, yeah, so let's let's talk about this for a second. Sure. Um, First, first off, uh, placeholder cards... Uh, based on the description that this this person was doing, was using them exactly correctly, okay? Placeholder cards are there for MDFCs, and sure enough, people are, you know, they don't want to be flipping them over left and right, so they keep them in a clear sleeve, in with their tokens or their sideboard or whatever, and they have their placeholder card in their deck, okay? That is comprehensive rules. That is tournament rules. That is absolutely fine. So I can only assume that this store had a problem with people doing proxies like they did not own the Gaia's Cradle and they got a placeholder card and just wrote Gaia's Cradle on there. Okay. so Mm -hmm. when they called over the judge, I would like to believe that that person is not a certified judge because I would think that a certified judge would know Now, this is... I'm not making any judgment about whether or not proxies should or should not be allowed in Games of Commander. But if you have a zero-tolerance policy regarding proxies, it cannot, should not, must not, does not include placeholder cards for double-face cards that the player has,
0: okay? It feels (laughs) like like a Dr. Seuss book.
1: Yeah. Now, it is a situation, if you're playing uh, standard and you have up uh, four placeholder cards in your deck for one of the one of the lands or something okay and then you only have one copy in your side with your sideboard because you never expect to have more than one on the battlefield at a time that's no that's actually using those cards as proxies right there needs to be a 1 to 1 between the card that you have in your in your with your sideboard with your sideboard not part of your sideboard but with your sideboard and the the placeholder card you've got on a commander game, unless you're doing this with like basic lands or one of those rats or seven dwarves or whatever, then you should uh, uh, have a one to one mapping. Um, the fact that this person was was disqualified from the event and banned blows my mind.
0: Okay, so the 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 the, the good the good cop side of me wants to wants to be really quiet for a moment. This person's okay. not losing anything but not per, by not playing at a store like this. I mean if it's your only store and if it's the only place that you can get to then then yeah, you've lost something. I feel bad about that um but but if it's being run this way and their events are being handled in this manner, um I'm not sure that that the player who's posting here hopefully has a has a way to get to another store and can play somewhere else, um I think they'd be better off going somewhere else.
1: Now there are suggestions in this thread. You know, you should contact wizards and report them. Wiz- wizards isn't going to do anything. Uh, you should do this.
0: Care. You should still do this. It, it's um, fine. You, 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 can. Um, yeah, let me think about that. I, for I a think that
1: the effort the effort you spend in finding the email address to complain is is going to be greater than the amount of effort wizards puts into resolving this issue.
0: Mm. It's an interesting question. Yeah. What? What's that? It's an interesting question. I
1: I realistically think the the very first thing you should do, and let's let's say you're a judge. If you're if you're the player that just got disqualified, you are probably not going to be able to make a uh, a resonating argument to the TO that just DQ'd you. Okay, but I would probably see if you could find a person at the store that the TO trusts and get them to approach the topic like if you're looking to fix it if you're looking to fix it great this is how to do it if you're looking to just be like ah, oh, this store sucks and then go somewhere else and it sucks and it goes some goes somewhere else um this is this is the,
0: also the genesis story for every great judge out there now um <laughs> but <laughs> really this Realistically, is what happens this, this is what happens you have a bad judge interaction sometimes and you sit there and you say i can do better so uh wherever you're at the player um feel free to drop us a line uh, at at judgecast at gmail.com, um, we'd be happy to hear from you. <laughs> like the
1: the origin of this, I feel like the origin is the TO wasn't selling singles and or or sees the increase of proxies as a loss of revenue in the form of singles or players no, no, no. were you using. Can stop
0: there. That's that's what happens.
1: What? That's... I, I I realize that that's a thing. Or it could be that. That the store allowed proxies and players were playing really bad, crappy proxies. No, like, they don't care you know, about
0: the quality of the proxy. What they, what right. they care about is the lost revenue.
1: Revised planes with it. Well, if if players are complaining that it's hard to read the read the cards, I can see a TO also thinking that they're doing a good thing, okay? okay. So So realistically, you need to... Th- those, those are probably the two origins. Now, the TO that is the TO that thinks they're doing good by their players because their players were complaining about bad proxies, that TO can be talked with and reasoned with. The TO that feels that proxies are lost revenue, you're going to have a much tougher time, right? But at the same time, you can just be like, you didn't lose any revenue because I have the card right here.
0: Right. <laughs> right. And you, this is, you this already... is, this is a, a understood rule to be exercised in the extreme. Um, it, it's entirely yeah. possible that the store owner wasn't present. Any number of different things are, are possible here. Um, that, you know, it mm-hmm. was somebody that's been hired and has been on the job for a week or a month or, or whatever length of time it, it doesn't take to, to learn the ins and outs and to yeah. be better at customer service in these types of situations.
1: Now, let's let's talk about one. Let's make this a little more complicated. Sure. You're the judge at this store you are a certified judge mm-hmm. you know better mm-hmm. but the to is adamant that this be a rule at his store oh, okay okay yeah. so now you are in a you are in a situation
0: where paycheck and putting food on the table versus
1: okay doing the right so thing. so here here's a here's a big difference when you said paycheck if you are level one judge that goes and, and judges at commander games while you're playing in them or something along those lines, that is different than if you are a judge and an employee of the store.
0: Yeah. So let's make it as complicated as possible. They're an employee of the store because
1: then you do what the TO says. You do what the TO says. I, 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 I realize like if it's, if it's your paycheck over this particular issue, it's not worth it. Like,
0: I still think if the to I, I think if the TO saw this whole story and understood it I think that, I think that with very few exceptions well, obviously you I try think and most tos them. would be understanding and would uh, would understand the difference between a mdfc and and what sure. they're trying to establish as as their problem because the player has the card
1: right but I'm 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 saying if the if the to is absolutely adamant. Okay, there's other things going going wrong. You're probably unhappy at that particular place for other reasons, but you are going to need to make a decision as to as to what's more important and I would not begrudge anyone for choosing paycheck over disqual- improperly disqualifying somebody for uh, proxies. Now, yeah. on the positive side yeah. this to doesn't sound like they're going to be super diligent about submitting those reports to wizards yeah. so
0: so um yeah there's there's a lot of different ways we can turn this over and and I'm actually going to do a little bit more thinking about this one because
1: if you can it's... afford to stick up for the right thing oh yeah you know of a, a, a phrase I hear at work sometimes is whatever your career can handle you know should should I
0: stand up for it i'm also a proponent of be the change that you want to be um if you can continue to engage with whoever creates this rule in your workplace um and and talk to them about it and work with them about it and if you really want that change um go for it you know maybe maybe you can affect positive changes because any change you make in this regard in in a situation like this is going to uh, result in an in a better play experience for the people that come to the store and who doesn't want that.
1: I mean, possibly the tournament organizer, if they feel like they're (laughs) losing money, right? Sure.
0: But I, I, I think they'd love to see more, more people come in and play. I, I do too. I do
1: too. And, and there is a judge's true greatest power is the power of persuasion. Okay. So obviously the thing is going to be try and get this, this TO to see the error of their ways. But if they won't, if they are convinced that they would have that their revenue is down five percent because allowing proxies, okay, that's not necessarily a battle that you're going to win. So you are going to need to decide whatever your career can handle. Yeah. After uh, if persuasion has failed.
0: Yeah. And I I, th- I think we've. Yep. Yeah. I th- I think we're there. I think we've covered this one. Um, If if you want to talk to us about it, let us know, because I I think it's an interesting, interesting dilemma. And I think that there are more sides to be heard about it.
1: All right. What's what is next?
0: So we have kind of a a wide ranging topic one. um, And it's important because uh, not everybody knows what to do in these cases. And the general question is how to prepare for your first magic convention. And it was posted by Reddit user Arthur underscore read. And uh, Brian's idea was covered as two different perspectives uh for as that as a player and that as a judge and then in the end we have a list that basically applies to to both groups yeah so but this
1: could be an entire episode all to itself I, but we're fact, gonna try it mean, and...
0: has been it has was been. it yeah. was it was it
1: yeah, like seven years ago. But yeah, it has but,
0: and it was really as a, from a judge's perspective. So, uh, so we're done from a player's too. Yeah, we're we're gonna hit equal it. opportunity. <laughs> we're gonna hit it first from a player's perspective, and and we're gonna keep this light and quick because we've got a couple more meaty things that we're gonna hit. Um, but as a player, you want to <laughs> pun your, intended. Yeah, you you want to hit your uh, game. You want to get your game supplies, your sleeves, your dice, life pads, pens, etc. Uh, you want to complete schedule the events that you're pre regged for. Uh, as well as any identifying information you may need. Uh, I'm kind of a fan of printing stuff out, but, you know, killing trees is a thing. So if you can at least get pictures of the stuff on your phone, that's probably a good idea. Um, You want a loose, but some kind of a plan of what you want to do while you're there. Do you want to see Randy Post or Winona Wilson? Or do you want to meet your favorite cosplayer? You know, whatever you want to do while you're at a, a large con. Do you want to meet some people that you've talked to online and hang out with them for a little while? Um, how are you going to do that? Where are you going to see them? Um, you got to figure those things out. Um, as a player, well, as both really, you, you, but as a player, you, you can you can choose your own clothing. Of course, as a judge, you're kind of restricted a little bit in most cases. But wear something comfortable, you know. Um, and don't, shower. Don't show don't show up in your bathrobe. But but where? Not that I haven't seen a player in a bathrobe at an event before, but you know, wear something that's comfortable to you and, and shower. Please shower. Yeah. If you show up in your bathrobe, I have
1: increased confidence that you are clean.
0: Yes. Yes. That's, that's <laughs> a good thing. Uh, I, I had a player once that showed up in a Naruto costume and ran around like Naruto for the entire event. Those were good times. Um, so wear comfortable clothes. Um, have a Have a plan. If you have anxieties or if you have difficulty with crowds or if you're not sure how you're going to feel about large crowds because you haven't been around them in a while, have a plan for what you're going to do in that case. Um, Some events, uh, the upcoming uh, MagicCon Philly as one, uh, will have a quiet room. If there's no quiet room, figure out, you know, how far away is your hotel? Do you want to go back to your hotel and relax there? Um, If there's no hotel, you're just down for the day. Figure out, you know, outside the convention hall someplace where you can just go and sit and chill and, and be away from people for a little bit. Um, whatever decks you need, and and by need, I mean need. Don't bring 50 commander decks. You want to make sure that you're bringing those, right? You want to make sure that yeah. your sleeves are up to date. You've got your tokens. and, well, and, and let's and On
1: them. on the decks that you need, yeah. the, the reason for this is, yeah, granted, you're not going to bring 20 decks because you're not going to play more than like four or five. But that means that is 20 decks that you have to keep track of and an unfortunate reality is is occasionally things
0: go missing walk
1: away go missing and so having so minimizing the amount of stuff on your person means that you have minimized the amount of stuff that might go missing if you're bringing a lot of stuff, have a strategy of like how to keep track of it. It could be as simple as I keep it in my bag. And when I sit, I put the um, the shoulder strap of my bag. Like I lift my chair up and just stick the shoulder strap of my bag through it. Right. Or I stick my backpack or, or I stick my leg through the strap, you know, something right. along those lines. But
0: or, or, you, or you step on it or, or whatever, something where you're aware right. of where you're where your things are that are important to you.
1: And it sucks to say, keep that in the forefront of your mind, but it can simply like the number of times that I've just walked up to a table and seen like a note, a binder.
0: And, and have a plan for the, and this kind of extends to guidelines for the event. Um, if this is the first event that you're going to, and, and they've got, you know, 10 web pages of, of, of information, read all of it. Um, you may find that there's information in there that's helpful for you to, to plan out what you need to bring as well. Or, or we'll tell you where to go in case you've lost something. Um, there is, at every event, lost and found. Either it's the main stage or it's a designated area. Knowing where these things are, are important. Um, and that kind of just segues into uh, making sure you understand the hall hours. Um, every event's different. Some halls open at 10. Some halls open, you know, at at 8.30. Nobody opens at 8.30. Well, maybe Sunday does. Um, but, you know, just just know when you're allowed in. And make sure that if you have a start time of 10 a.m. and the hall opens at 9, that you're not showing up at 9.55 for your event. Show up, you know, 15, 20 minutes early. Maybe even a little bit more. It's okay. You're you're allowed to be early. Being late kind of sucks. Do you want to do judges? Uh, yeah.
1: So preparing for your first convention as a judge. Uh, the big important thing uh, that you want to prepare for is know your schedule, Uh, before you walk in the hall. Like, so email should have come out that says what you're going to be doing. Ask your lead any questions that you might have beforehand. Be sure to bring, you know, a notebook, pen, you know, something to keep notes, something to write things down. If you have a name tag, get, uh, bring it. If you don't, you can order one from the Judge Academy website uh, through the MTG Legion portal. Make sure that you're up on regular if it's a if it's a command fest type event or uh if it's an scg con then you're up on you know the comp policy that kind of stuff you know read proliferate rules <laughs> know whether or not the to is providing a uniform at the venue or you need to wear your own stuff you can't and, go and wrong by, with black TO, pants.
0: uniform what are we talking about specifically generally we're talking about shirts right
1: yeah, generally. So, so black pants, mostly black shoes. I know you have kilt written in here. Don't, hey, don't, hey, I've don't seen it. It's a,
0: okay. It's all right. Don't wear
1: a kilt.
0: It's okay. I got no problem. You're not with going my into kilt,
1: battle. You're not flipping logs. <laughs> You're not going to the Highland Games. <laughs> Utility kilt. You know? are
0: very, very helpful uh, pieces of. Uh... I don't care.
1: You know, so years and years ago, I I remember I tested someone for L2, and the test was 50 questions at the time. And on the last page, before I gave them the test, I wrote a 51, I wrote a 51st question. And I was like, and the question was, when is it appropriate to wear a kilt at a magic event? A, never. B, never ever. C, A and B. You know, it was like D, all of the above. And the guy wrote an E if the T-O, you know, E if the T-O says so. And I was like, all right, you got, got me. Got him! <laughs> <laughs> I, hate it. I hate it that that's correct, but you got me. So, yeah, just make sure, like, uh, Star City, for example, uh, gives you the Space Captain Blue shirts. I know at, I like those uh, shirts. I really do. Yeah. Some other T-O, they give you, like, they give T-shirts... Some of them just say, like, hey, wear whatever. But just make sure that whatever you need to wear, you either bring it or know that it's going to be there. Now, for both, okay, that's, that's unique to being a judge. For both, okay, understand how, the food, how food is going to work. Like, have an idea as to meals. In a tournament, if you are playing in a tournament, there's no, there's no lunch break. Lunch breaks are for people that, like, finish their matches within five minutes. Judges, lunch
0: breaks are for burn players. We
1: lunch breaks are for closers. (laughs) All right. Food is for closers. Right. Also, make sure you have an idea when your break is. If your break as a judge, if your break is at 1 p.m., do not skip breakfast unless your shift is starting at like 11 and your break is at one. You know, if your if your shift starts at eight or nine and your break is at
0: one. Eat a big breakfast. Eat and, a breakfast. And, and breaks are heart to... Sometimes you don't know breaks until you get there. Um, oftentimes you don't that know case, what your eat. break is until you get there. Um, so if, if your start time is at 10 o'clock, eat. Because you probably won't yeah. get your first real break before 2. Um, if your start yeah. time at noon, don't count on your first solid break until 3 o'clock.
1: The other thing, and this is for judges and players, food in the venue is, will not be open at 10 p.m. It, okay, and it's often so overpriced. It it is often overpriced, but it often like they have last call around five or six. So if it's like four o'clock and you're like, oh, maybe I could be hungry in an hour. Go find out when the when the 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 twelve dollar pizza place closes. You know, because if it closes at five, you know yeah. you're gonna be miserable at eight o'clock.
0: Yeah, it well, take pull pull up Google Maps and take a look around you.
1: And if you're a judge and you were planning on your break, at, your dinner break is scheduled for eight and the pizza play in the $12 pizza place closes at six. You need to figure that out before before your break at eight.
0: Um, and and right. I'd even go one step further. If you plan on staying at the venue until midnight, which, you know, there are some venues that will be open until then and you may be staffed until then. You really need to know what your plan is to eat if you need to eat before you sleep. Yeah. Um, so sometimes that does present some difficulties. Yep. Some people were asking with uh, Philly coming up, where can I eat? Um, I, I have told them Reading Terminal Market closes at 6 p.m., so mm-hmm. you're not eating there. Um, there are a number of places around. Check out Chinatown. Chinatown's great.
1: Yep. Is okay. the market open on Sundays?
0: Yes, it is. Um, but so, oh, okay. but but not all, uh, but not all uh, eateries in the market are open on Sunday. Yeah. Notably, of all course, right. the Amish places are closed.
1: Um. All right. So, water. Make sure that you got. Uh, if you've got a if you've got a favorite water bottle, sure bring that. You know, get some nature Nature's Valley granola bars to stick in your bag. Uh, make sure your you know your shoes are comfy. Don't forget any meds if you got them. And then this is this is one that I added is make sure that the most responsible person in your group, if you are traveling with multiple people. That the most responsible person is in charge of transportation because if you are riding, I'm riding with Billy and Billy's a flake. Billy is going to flake out on you and like is going to decide at the last minute that they're not going to the event and you don't have a ride anymore.
0: You'll be calling mom who's, you know, four hours, not not mom, but you'll be calling somebody who's four hours away to come pick you up. That's never a fun conversation.
1: Or... If you get to the thing and your ride is Billy and Billy gets you to the thing, but you're a judge and Billy's a player. Billy doesn't have to show up until 10. You have to show up at 8 and Billy's your ride.
0: Also. That's that's what Uber's for.
1: Yep. Billy is going to get, Billy's going to scrub out or get done playing, you know, playing whatever. And they're going to, Billy's going to want to leave. And your shift doesn't end until 9. Billy sounds like a real jerk. Billy sounds is is motivated by billy's own self-interest but realistically like like two players play traveling together great they they have similar goals great but when you mix a judge and a player together yeah the the judge is a doozer and the player is a fraggle yeah in terms of just cohesion with schedule
0: no get it so um i want to mention just briefly with water um just circle back to that for a second hmm. Not all venues have easy to access potable water stations. Um, so and not all venues allow you to bring your own food or beverages into the venue. So knowing which is which is very important. Um, as judges, I'm going to tell you, most TOs, good TOs are going to take care of you in terms of water. They're going to make sure that there's water there some way or another for you. Um, Yep. But in other cases, sometimes it's not. So you have to you have to figure out what you're doing with that. There's no point in bringing a water bottle to refill if there's nothing to refill it with. Yep. Um, just just know before you go what's happening with that.
1: All right, so that is all of that. We we ready to <laughs>
0: talk about? Okay, I'm, I, you I'm you kind know, of like, excited to talk. I can't talk about this without laughing and without being slightly off brand. So I'm gonna smile and wave and say, Brian, this one's all you. I am
1: super excited to talk about this. All Excellent. right, so this one right here is Wizards in their latest secret lair. They they previewed a card uh, with some art, Stone Coil Serpent, and it has right smack in the middle a little a little figure of a dude with a spike going straight up his pooper and out his mouth. All right. And it is a, uh, a naked dude. Uh, anatomically correct-ish. <laughs> um, and, so, I'm trying to figure out what to say and still keep the clean tag for iTunes. But, um, so, this is not necessarily, we're gonna, we're gonna segue into alt, and into a talk to alters, but Wizards has modified the card and basically said like okay this isn't going to be the final printing and they've removed the little the little dude and when i say the little dude is is anatomically correct he's he's got a little he's got a little something something down there so let's let's just say first off wizards obviously this is embarrassing for wizards they don't want dongs on their artwork uh in their cards but I think we can we can talk about like what is and is not appropriate on magic cards in a in a in a in a larger sense. Like clearly, this person, this this art, it was not a sexualized instance of like. There's nothing sexual about that that picture. It is. It's, it's, it it's is, not the two monkeys. It's not the two monkeys. It's it's sexualized in the way that like the statue of David is sexualized or the vitruvian man which is that uh da vinci picture of the guy with the forearms and the and the four legs like no one's looking at that and being like oh yeah but wizards obviously has a right to decide not to not to have that and i think it's a i think it's the correct call to remove it even though we're looking at and we're like come on wizards what's the big deal it's it solves by removing that it solves some problems as i as i was saying is is the second they allow that on a card then people are going to start making alters with other that are potentially anatomically correct and they're going to point to this particular uh uh, uh stone coil serpent, serpent yeah as as an and say like oh well wizards obviously is okay with with dongs because they because of of the serpent card and it becomes like a, a, a gateway dong <laughs> you
0: know i and realistic i can't believe he said that that's great. yeah okay yeah
1: it's just it's just as soon as as soon as it's on one card then people are going to start because people with altars they push borders and they're going to try and argue <laughs> so push borders yeah they're you know what so so while while there is nothing sexual about that particular card um we don't necessarily want it on the cards because of it's it establishes a precedence and that is not a a a line that you want to cross
0: right you don't want the family groups to be mad at you um you, 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 that's another another side of it. it look you can't live your life by that but at the same time when you're a corporation you have to make corporate decisions and it's an understandable um statement that this was not our finalized product and it will actually appear this way with the edited person off of it or yeah. perhaps with a loincloth i don't know why they couldn't give the poor guy a loincloth um
1: i don't i don't know either but it's, it's, I mean, what really, this whole topic, this whole topic was just talking about it to, to, so that I could say gateway dong. <laughs> Realist, realistically, there are going to be some people that are uncomfortable with it. I would, I would think that they would be more uncomfortable with the spike going through the person than, than the, the, the full frontalness. But, like, I would think that that would make people a little bit more uncomfortable. But hey, we live in a super puritan society. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's it's one of these things that it's easier to not have it and not deal with all the conversations involved that it would spark by having it right. on a card. Right. Now, if someone, now let me ask you this. Yeah. Let's say someone's playing with that card and they have altered it to put the little guy back.
0: So, okay. um, yeah, Again, that's a conversation that you have to have with the player. Because obviously Wizards didn't want it there. Um, because it is a gateway, um, <laughs> appendage.
1: <laughs> say uh, say say it, appendage. Say it. <laughs> say it. Um, say it. it.
0: it's, it's clear that they didn't want it there and they've made the change. So if you have it altered to actually have it at that point in time, you've crossed that boundary that they did not want to cross. Right. Um, so the card has to be replaced for the terms of the game until they go home and play at their kitchen table and can do whatever they want there.
1: Yeah. Now it's, it's not, it's not sexualized in the way that like anime girl upskirt shots are sexualized, but at the same, at the same time, at the end of the day, you know, sometimes a dong is a dong and you know, get, get that out of there. That doesn't, that doesn't belong on a magic
0: card. I mean, it, it is just a squiggly line really, but, but. I get where they came from when they did this. So it's right. it's what it is. Right.
1: So I would I would ask I would not DQ the player. I would say like, "Come on now. Let's let's not do that. Do you have a do, do you have another copy of the card?" <laughs> like I might ask like, "Can you alter him so he has some pants on?" I'd allow for that. You're like, "You already altered the card. Can you just draw some britches on him?" And then I'm fine. Or or I'd settle for the black censored, by, like, put a black box and write censored on it.
0: Just just write bleep across it, you know. I would
1: be, I would be fine with bleep. that. Bleep! I would be fine with that. I would not be fine with it if it was on camera at a big event, but at an FNM, I think I'd be fine with that.
0: Yeah, it, you, that gets into the comfort level question of whether or not somebody's actually offended by it. But it, So, topic five is just a general topic. Um, We've got a couple of different posts about it, um, one of which is a a link to the Reddit post, and then one of which is the link to the Business Insider article that discusses it. And and I've written down as the topic heading, magic is expensive, yo. Um, And it's true. Um, There's a Business Insider article that cites a previous Business Insider article that wasn't founded on great science. Um, But the truth is, is that magic as a product, um, has diversified a tremendous amount in the last five years. Um, it's gone through unprecedented growth. Um, it has become more expensive as a collector to play.
1: So Um, I would, I would actually argue that it hasn't diversified. It's, it's actually coalesced. There's more
0: cards printed per year each year than the previous year. It's not diversified.
1: That's not diversification, okay? What's what's happened is is they've printed a lot of products, but they're all commander products. Commander decks are for commander. Standard is for commander. The double masters is for commander. The uh, commander legends is for commander. Like they they argue uh, game nights where you get the five the five decks. What do they do? They stick a they put commander reprints in there, and they make the headliner of every deck a commander. Okay. Basically what the, what they're doing is is they're arguing, "Hey, we're making all these different products for all these different groups of people, but in reality, they're making everything about Commander." So, yes, they're they're diversifying in the sense that they're making a bunch of different products, but they're still targeting the same group of people. And I think that's one of the things that people are getting super frustrated about. Okay. Also, with the with the with the Wizards hype machine, like They can say like, oh, we'll just buy the products and invest in the products that you want. But then they're also through continual spoiler season and the hype machine. They are on one hand, they're saying only only buy only buy what you want. But we're spending, you know, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars to convince you that you want everything. So it's a little disingenuous.
0: Right. It it is. Right. Right. Right, and then and then this article goes on, and it kind of it kind of paints a, a grim picture. Um, if you read it and you try and read between the lines for what they're trying to imply, they're talking about um, magic is in a bad place financially. Magic is not in a bad place financially. It's not going anywhere. Um, people are still buying product. They're 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 still doing it at a, at a prodigious rate. Um, what What's interesting is, is the, 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 the idea that not everything is for you, right? Um, that statement pops up every once in a while when we talk about how much product is coming out. And, and by how much product, in, in this specific case, I'm talking about how many versions of product are coming out. Um, like uh, a Traxa or, or whatever the, the, the key card is from this set. It must have like six or eight different printings.
1: Yeah, there's like nine or ten of, uh, of Elish Norn.
0: Right, right. Um, a collector, an old school collector, would have gone out if there were two or three printings and would have said, I need a playset of each. But when you start talking about, you know, all the different versions that are available now, um, it gets a little overwhelming. You know, you don't have to have every printing of Elish Norn. You just, just don't. See,
1: see, I don't think that's what, what people are are complaining about, necessarily. Okay. Um, what what they're what they're complaining about is that okay, because obviously the the largest market is Commander. It, it it all comes down to Commander. Is is they're making every product that they make is geared towards Commander. Okay. You even have, for example, you have Commander decks, and then you even have Commander cards that aren't in the Commander decks that are in set boosters you you can't buy draft boosters and the commander decks and get the cards you need for commander because there's also special cards that are in the sets and the the collectors. So what they're what they're doing is is they're trying to make you want everything at every level.
0: Okay. A little and, bit of that old FOMO going on. Yeah,
1: yeah, and and the the multiple versions, like, I think I think most people have kind of come to grips with collector booster boxes are expensive, and they are out as a regular purchase, they are outside my price range, okay? But it does kind of make opening a regular Elish Norn kind of feel not great when there are eight other versions that are cooler, and they're all the <laughs> super expensive stuff, if that makes sense sure like
0: sure well and and as you go up in price range as you go up into the set from draft boosters is let's say the basic tier tier one one level um you go up to set boosters and that offers some more opportunities for product i don't know if it's completely different but you get you know a chance to open up a pack with four rares in it mm -hmm. um and then oh and we should talk about that at some point in time um draft boosters uh dear listeners are changing and they're going to change forever but that's a that's a different conversation
1: oh i think i saw where they they could have like multiple rares in them now
0: they're yeah they're going to have between one and two rares and between three and five uncommons that's in draft yeah. boosters it's really cool so, i'm so excited but 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 well, but but, but. <laughs> that, see
1: that strikes me that strikes me as as something where they realized that they 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 made set boost they juiced set boosters too much and that the draft boosters were were um, lagging have, in sales? I have a soapbox about
0: this one. You have a soapbox for that? I have about? a soapbox All about right. this one. My, my soapbox about this one is very short and very sweet. Um, five, okay. Or five to seven years ago, uh, yeah. for each large set, they increased the allocation of uncommons by 20 cards.
1: They increased the allocation So of instead of being
0: like 20. 80 uncommons, each set would have 100 uncommons, whatever. Okay. Okay? Oh, okay.
1: okay? Okay, okay. Okay.
0: Okay. So in the total set, not the not the pack, Right, okay. So when they did that, they didn't change the number of cards that were issued in each pack for at each rarity level. So you had to work harder to get to the uh all you know, play sets of uncommons if that's what you were doing and you were opening stuff up. Um, I thought from the very beginning that they did that that they should have just simply changed draft boosters to have four uncommons. That's my soapbox. That's it. Terribly okay. exciting, isn't it? Um, I
1: I just I just look at this as probably draft booster sales are are lagging a little bit, so let's, they let's figured figure out that they would juice them, <laughs> that they would juice it <laughs> and and bring a little bit of set booster, ju- like they juiced set boosters so much and pushed set boosters so much over draft boosters that draft booster sales started to lag, and then they were like, oh well, what if we just made draft boosters a little bit more like set boosters to make them a little bit more exciting?
0: So somehow my divergent path. is just circled right back to the topic at hand which is magic is expensive yo um it's look look buy into to the comfort level that makes you happy um or buy into the comfort level that you can you can still do other things that you need to do like pay your car payments and whatever um make sure that you know the return on investment that you're getting for what you're buying in is is worth something to you you know don't you don't have to chase that card that's $50 to put in a deck that you'll get to cast once every three to four months. And, I mean, you can, but why?
1: Here's here's another cool thing. If you judge events and take your comp and store credit, then the fact that magic is expensive hits you less.
0: Yeah, yeah. Become a judge. It's good for yeah, you. Yeah, become a judge. Magic is expensive. Yeah. Become a judge. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Uh. So our last topic um is is one that is is a little confusing when you read the original posts about it. Um, it was posted in Reddit by Hot Sheep Herder uh Hot Sheep Herder. great name. 24 mm-hmm. 2924. Uh, um but I didn't see it there first. That's where that's where Brian saw it. I saw it on Twitter first and it's surrounds a judge call at SCG Indy. And I'm going to give the basic setup based upon my rereading the original Twitter post, um, several times. And, and please note, we only have one side on this story. Yeah. Player A, uh, there, this is a a modern event. Player A loses game one. Um, they present lethal for game two. Uh, they, they have the kill card, they show it to the, the opponent and, uh, the opponent scoops. Both players start de-sideboarding and have a chat. At the end of the chat, Player A submits the results, 2-0 in their favor, and Player B, um, as they're leaving and checking their phone, realizes that a mistake has been made, and both call a judge. Yeah. Now, uh, as an
1: aside here, in the write-up, Player A, after believing that they won a game, sees their opponent, Player B, start de-sideboarding. Yeah. And and, and they're talking according for to them, bit. right? they shortcutted that to match must be over i must have i won. just won a game right so therefore i must have won the match right
0: so yeah so at the crux of this of this event is three items one there's confusion by both players about how many games were played in the results okay two player a was using a boogie board um, if you're not familiar with a boogie board a boogie board is an lcd writing device um, it's a little screen where you write the write the things on the screen and then you press a button and it wipes the entire screen so player a was using a boogie board and wiping results between games so there's limited record to reference uh, we only have yeah. maybe player b's life totals and games okay game let's,
1: stuff. let's let's back up one one more point of clarification yep. so player a submitted the results as 2-0 in their favor yep. player b when checking their phone sees hey no that result is wrong and the player goes oh right you won a game the first game it should be 2-1 right and he was like no i won yeah yeah and that's
0: that that's, that's where things the, got really sideways
1: well no i mean things went sideways well before that but right. that's when that's when a judge got
0: called right so player b seems to remember a completely different ending to game 2 um and, as well and and as things come out through the the judge investigation and so forth it, it seems like player b um has a as a totally different recollection of what game two was mm-hmm. um so a judge is called and a ruling is made by the judge and the decision is that players are tied and need to move to game three for reasons that i don't fully understand it's appealed by both players uh and the, and then the head judge gets called um, it's applied, but it's, it's definitely appealed by the, the player who's writing the story and telling it to us because they want to understand the logic behind how, and this is what they said, behind how the decision was made that um, there is a, a, a game won by each of them and that they need to play a third game. Yeah. What happens next is it's just interesting. The, the head judge first upholds the, the original ruling. Uh, there's more conversation. The story at this point takes a turn. As player B starts to get vocal about player A, calling them a liar, so on.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, player A has some emotional distress in in a revealed and shared um, anxiety attack. Um, at, after some more discussion between judges, that happens, you know, somehow, well, well off camera, as it were. Um, the match is ruled in favor of player B, and yep. we weren't there. We don't know why. It's hard to know. Um, but since player A had no permanent record of matches, um, yeah. that that does not benefit them in in, in their their claims about so where they're at. The
1: the argument that I, I I think I saw somewhere was that both players, since both players agreed that the match was over, there had there there is no you basically are undoing the the end of the match. But what one of the things right. that I want to caveat on this side of the story we're telling we're telling one side or we're summarizing one side of the story yeah and in this particular story and this is one of the things that makes that makes uh uh, judge situations like this that go public so difficult is there are three sides to this story there's player a player b and then the judge side and we're only given (laughs) uh for the babylon five fans there's there's three you know understanding is a three-edged sword kind of thing Yeah. Um,
0: or, or, or or the, the more, um, familiar colloquialism is in any story between two people. There's, uh, story a story B, and then there's the truth, Um, the
1: truth. Right. And, and one of the, one of the things about this, this particular story is it's very, very easy to read like one, one person's story and then vilify both the opponent and the judge. And the, the unfortunate reality is, is you're very seldom very, very rarely going to get the judge's side of the story. You might get the other player because they feel like they need to defend them or something like that. But in general, the judge is not going to make any sort of public announcement or anything like that as a result of their investigation and what they were what they were thinking and what they were doing.
0: Oftentimes, um, either A, that's a bad thing in that um, it'll just go down a bad rabbit hole, or B, it could still be an active investigation for all we know, and they cannot yeah. talk about it and that is also equally understandable. Yeah.
1: There's there's a few there's a few counter arguments that people make when you say like well the judge is never going to come forward and, and tell you what what was going on. First off, and this is something that both players and judges need to understand, you are not entitled to that information. Yep. You might want it you might want it. You might twist yourself up into logic knots and saying, well as a member of the community I deserve to know XY X, Y, and Z if there's a cheater in my community, and the the answer is is still you are not entitled to that information. You might want it,
0: and, and believe me, yeah, and, and believe me, Brian and I, when we were talking about this, didn't even go down there. Um, it's it's not something that helps us in talking about the situation.
1: Right the the other the other argument a lot of times is also. Well, I want to know because isn't how a judge conv- conducted an investigation something that that we should all all know? Um, a lot of times people want to know this information not to learn, but to Monday morning quarterback like the learning comes about through conferences, through discussions. It's not going to come from a Twitter post. OK it's it's going to come from sitting down and having a conversation with someone that you trust someone that the, that can explain and answer the questions and not get into uh, a shouting match uh with with preconceived biases all right so now let's let's talk about cuz cuz a lot of things went wrong like just the setup is they played two games like from the person they played two games and they oopsied forgot that they didn't actually play a third game. Then they entered the results wrong even based on the incorrect assumption. So they made an incorrect assumption about the game state, then they recorded the wrong match based on that incorrect. So they were like doubly incorrect. And then the the other opponent remembered the end of the game differently. Okay, so there's it's it's Mickey Mouse time even before the judge judge gets called. Lots of lots of things have uh, have gone wrong and this is even just in one side of the story.
0: Right, right. right. And, and, you know, um, before going on air, I did do a search. I tried to find um, what the other side is just from a player perspective. Um, I tried to see if there was something out there and I don't see it. I didn't find it. It doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Um, it just means that we only have the benefit of one side of the story for this. Um, so what we want to talk about, I guess, is really almost really from a player perspective. Um, what we'd like to see players doing more of. Yeah.
1: But because we're talking Let's... about it
0: from that perspective, we're trying to educate judges as well because judges may be asked about a situation like this at Friday Night Magic or may come across something similar. And uh, if we share these tips, then then hopefully we're helping um, you build your community better and, and prevent things like this from happening. Yep. All right.
1: So. so the the first one is having your life total... Be persistent in some way, shape, or form until the until you leave the match, the physical area, and and that includes like you you have got a note in here that says boogie boards and the like are okay at regular, but they lack permanence. I would say that once you confirm the once you confirm the match results with the opponent, then you can clear out your boogie board just fine.
0: Yeah, yeah, and if you use a larger boogie board, you can probably keep multiple games on it. Um, if you use a yeah. really really small one, um, that's basically good for one game running total sometimes you have to wipe it halfway through um that's that's not as good don't
1: and i'll i'll be honest like i've even played in a pre-release and finished game two and thought i won the match and was like okay guess we're done and the opponent's like no no no, we still got to play one um, more game we, we've
0: all been there we've all been there yeah uh, i i use a boogie board and i used to not do that so what i do now is is when i lose a match or when i win a match the uh, when i mm-hmm. lose a game or win a game when I clear my board and I rewrite names at the top, I write a W next to whoever won that match. And that way I'm a uh, game and I'm, I'm keeping a running total through the through the process who won the last one. Boogie boards aren't great. Um,
1: you can use them like once you confirm like 2-1 me and the opponent says yes and it gets resulted and we all agree, then yeah, clear them out. I, I, think, I think boogie boards are fine as long as you don't jump the gun on clearing them.
0: I think, though, as you get further along in Magic and as you start to play more um, and play at higher level or more competitive events, I think probably you need to make a transition to paper. Uh, Mm -hmm. Paper has certain advantages that Boogie Birds will never give you. One is is that you can go back and look back at your matches through the course of a day and kind of get a better picture for how you're performing and why you're making certain decisions. But that's a whole different show.
1: Not not if you pull that piece of paper off your life pad, crumple it up, and stick it in the table tent.
0: Yes. Well, I mean, that's also an option. Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> All right.
0: Yeah. Uh, so the second thing is is to make sure that everyone's in clear agreement about the status of your current game um, from life totals and, and so on. Uh, when you win, it's okay to say, okay, that's game one in my favor. Do you want to be on the play? Yeah. Um, That type of language will help establish uh, where the advantage is at the time um, and and what your opponent wants to do. And it's also cordial. Uh, When you win the game by showing them the win con, um, as happened in this case, instead of them outright conceding, um, be clear that you are presenting lethal and ask your opponent if they have a way out. Um, Even if they're all tapped out and they have no cards in hand, you need to ask them if they have a way out. And that way it's clear between the two of you who is winning that game. We've all heard of the horror stories of, of players that, that mutual believe they've, they've reached the end of the game and they both believe that they've won it. Um, and it's, they, they start to prematurely scoop up the game and there's no way to recreate things at that point. So be, be clear, be concise and, and, and share with your uh, opponent what you believe to be happening.
1: Then, uh, when submitting companion, uh, the result via companion, it's generally a good idea to confirm with the opponent. So two, one, me, like you used to do this with match slips, like both, you know, you'd, you'd fill it out and hand it over to the other opponent, uh, the other player, and they get to, to see it and sign it. Okay. Just verbally kind of do the thing. So, uh, I, uh, two, one, you punch it in two o oh, me, punch it, confirm, punch it in, um, and in now in this particular case, I don't necessarily know if that would have solved the problem because the, 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 the specific problem, but it definitely reduces the likelihood of problems that can arise.
0: Yeah, in, in this case, it may have allowed cooler heads to prevail. And, and I'd like to think this just briefly by allowing the two players to talk about the match that they just had. Um, yeah and maybe maybe they maybe they figure out oh wait we still have one more game to play if if that's what actually happened
1: it it sounds like they had a disagreement as to how the game ended and like with one player calling the other one a liar yeah like that's 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 potentially a problem like i would say if they're playing a third game that a judge needs to sit on that match and just make sure that they're civil to each other
0: yeah that's a Um, that's a good closing thought on that
1: but the the big the big thing the the reason why we wanted to talk about this was not only to just give you some tips as to what to do to prevent uh, protect yourself but also this reading the scenario it's messy it's extremely messy oh it took me three weeks to
0: get it right right and that's and, from one perspective
1: yeah now one of the things to remember is whenever someone goes public when they tell a story they are going to tell a story that benefits them. Now, I'm not saying that they lie or anything like that, but everything that they tell is going to be from their story, and their actions are going to be well thought out, and well rationalized, and well justified, because the person who's describing it has access to those thoughts. Whereas the actions of the other player are they don't make any sense. They're random. There's there's nothing behind them, because they don't have access to that particular information. So anytime you get one side of the story you need to understand that there is an another side and a player can not be lying but also wrong okay again not saying this was not a part of an investigation uh that that we have any insight or any any privy into but what we're saying is is it's very difficult to draw conclusions from only one side of a story. Exactly. And you need to realize that you're not going to get the other side.
0: That's that's why an investigation, when you sit down at that table and you start to talk to people and things are a little confusing, um, first thing you want to do is separate players for a little bit. Um, try and, and work through the individual stories to find that, that thread of truth that exists between them um, and build your own narrative. Yep.
1: All right. Wow. Well, it's it's stuff stuff like this is tough. Like real realistically, we t- we talk about like judges. The worst thing that can happen is ending up on a Reddit thread, right?
0: Yeah, you never want to be the story of the week.
1: No, but it it it's, sounds like it was more targeted at the the other person, the opponent, which. We don't necessarily have information about that other person. No, no. The, or, the, or their side of the, the story.
0: To, to close out, because we, we tried to give a very factual statement about what we understood it to be, so that we're, we're um, being clear with you. Um, the player A was very kind to all of the responding judges. Uh, they did not call them out or say that they did anything untoward or wrong. Um, they did, you know, they, they, they just basically... I think they wanted to get their story out there so that they weren't called. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe they just uh. didn't want to be called something or, or be the bad person. I don't know. No, I think th- I, I
1: think they they felt wronged and they wanted to to go public with uh, with uh, with that. Yeah, which is fine. Yeah. Um. And and reali- realistically, like I don't know. Okay, this is this is Brian's personal opinion time. Like I. I have no idea what was going like. Re- reading just the one side, I do not envy that judge because if th- if this side is is as l- the the level of lunacy that it seems, I gotta imagine that the other side is just as nuts, right? And then you, you, so you're just given two you know like wacky situations, and you're just and none of it makes sense. Yeah, and you got to yeah. noodle out.
0: Yeah. And, and, and Monday morning quarterbacking is an expression we used here um, earlier. It's easy to sit there and say, oh, yeah, I know what I would have done in that situation. But when you're presented with it real time and there's emotions and, and, and people are just mm, upset with each other or confused. And there's a timer. There's the anxiety attack that happened in the middle of it. Uh, these are all things that add to the pressure. And at all times, there's a clock on the wall that is ticking upwards. And you have to resolve this situation in a reasonable amount of time so that if the players have to play another game, they've got the time to do so.
1: Yeah, I can see this this call easily getting like a 15, 20 minute extension. Oh, yeah.
0: No, this this. Well, yeah, you know, it's hard to call because we weren't there, but we've heard, you know, countless stories that that have this level of. Uh, investigation that happened and and they always turn out to be you know minimum of 12 to 15 minute investigation it was probably 20 or 25 could have been
1: um one one other one other thing uh on why you aren't necessarily going to get the uh like the judge's statement yeah is uh guess what if you make a if you make a statement if you disqualify like let's say you disqualify somebody for cheating And the player comes in and says, like, I didn't do this kind of stuff. And you go in and you make a public statement where it's like, no, this person was totally a cheater. They did X, Y, X, Y, Z. You are opening yourself up to liable. Yeah, whatever down the
0: road. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, like, I'm not necessarily saying that you're going to get sued or what you did was was liable. But someone might think it enough liable to start a process against you. OK, also, if the judge comes out, I mean, like a lot of times the judge keeps quiet. and We don't talk about investigations to protect the players involved. OK, because a judge coming out and making a statement as to "nah, this player did X, Y, Z can have a very negative perception on uh, influence on that player. And so we we don't make public statements to protect ourselves, to protect the players involved.
0: Yeah. And you, yeah. you know what? Back in the. um History of Judge Cast, there's an episode that you did with Jared Silva, and it was so good that you actually re ran it at one point in time uh, as your uh, post of the week. Jared mm-hmm. Silva comes on the show and does a, a great show about investigations, and this is um, something from that keys in the back of my mind in regards to the situation and something that can help when you come across a situation that's anything remotely like this. He said the first thing that you do is you get the life recording devices, the, the life pads, or whatever. You get them and you get them in your possession when you're c- confronted with a situation like this. Take them out of the hands of the players. Not, you know, rip them out. You know, tell the players that you need them so that you can reference them through the course of the investigation. Get control of them is the point. Um, I think that's an important lesson to be learned and, and remind people of uh, as we talk about something like this. Yeah. All right. So that's that's, that's pretty our episodes, right? That's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. Two-hour tour of Reddit. But, you know what Could it be any less could it I think I think this is something that we, we were joking about a little bit before I think this is something that we can probably do more than once um Reddit oh, yeah is... why make
1: our own content when Reddit
0: can do it for us yeah well <laughs> well Reddit is definitely a a um, hive of uh, scum and villainy no 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 it's not it's not they're nice people in Reddit we like Reddit um, but it's a great resource so anyway that's our episode. You can join us next time when we probably are going to talk about MagicCon Philly. Until then, you can yeah. send us an email at judgecast at gmail.com or like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at JudgeCast. Until then, I'm Charles Feather, and I keep it fair and I hold priority to keep it fun.
1: Well, I, I can't I can't end if you if you're holding priority.
0: <laughs> Got him.